Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are delighted you can join us, taking a time out of your day to um, to listen to God's Word and the explanation of God's Word as we here at Shouts of Grace uh, take different topics and scriptures, run them through the filter of God's Word and develop a worldview and a thoughtful explanation of how we should be living and thinking. And so if it is your first time joining us here uh, listening, we want to say welcome and let you know that we do have quite a few uh, past broadcasts that you can tap into. Um, You can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you can listen to a whole host of topics um, going back probably a good year and a half or so. Um, and also, if you wanted to drop us a note or an encouragement or even a suggestion for a broadcast, feel free to do that um, by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com. And if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you for your support. It does mean a lot. Um, also want to let everyone know that Shouts of Grace is a radio ministry of Redemption Hill, Utah in Saratoga Springs, or Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, I should say. And you can tap into um, all that's happening there at rhutah.church. Well, last week I had a, I had a good friend of mine and um, our worship leader at Redemption Hill Church, uh, Adam Richardson, in studio. And today he has returned. What's up, my friend? Hi there. Um, Adam, we, last week we talked about just uh, distractions and just how, you know, out of Hebrews 12, 1, just how it's important that we, that we run a race that's set before us with just endurance. And, and in doing that, we, we realize that there's things that are going to get in our way, uh, mainly us, and we have to set aside us and those sins that are in us and those things that trip us up, as well as just weights that kind of kind of cling on to us. Um, and, and how we did that, we, we talked about that, that we put our eyes on the Lord. Uh, we fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And we got to be able to rely on the grace of God to carry us through the times when um, when we're the 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 downest, if you will, um, because God's grace um, is what carries us. But this uh, t- today, what I want to do is, is I want to talk about something that is really prevalent in our culture. Um, you, you and I are watching the unraveling of of a society and just the hate and the lack of love and. Um, I guess you could sum it up and say the lack of unity. Absolutely, <laughs> there isn't there isn't a lot of unity. There's so uh, we're so diverse, but it's more than just being diverse. It, it it's about um, just this division that has made its way into the lives of people and and unfortunately into the church, and it is wreaking havoc. And so, what I want to do is I want to I want to read Ephesians four chapter uh, or chapter four verses one through four. And then I want us to just kind of, kind of, just dive into it and unpack it. Um, here, Paul says, "I therefore, a prisoner uh, for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body." and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. Um, he's, he's talking here to the church, and he's alluding to the fact that, man, 
um, there is division inside the church and that ought not yeah. be. Um, and, and, and so, you know, let, let's talk about this for a second. You know, you, you walk with the Lord, um, for some time you've seen, you've seen people outside the church and how they conduct themselves and you've seen people in the church and how they conduct themselves. And that includes you and me because we, <laughs> you know, what is it that you would say is at the core of division when you see two Christians, what's usually at the core of the, of, of the division? I think, you know, not having the, the Christ centeredness about, about your relationships is, is really, is really at the core. You can, you can see that in the disunity that's happening. You can see that with, um, within the relationships at church when you're talking to somebody and, and, and that comes out, that rears its ugly head in the sense of a perspective difference. Somebody, somebody thinks differently. Somebody views something. Somebody is just understanding in a different way than you do. And because we all just decide to die on the hill we're on, it creates disunity because we want everyone else to come over on that hill instead yeah. of understanding that maybe you're seeing it in a different way. And I need to appreciate that perspective, not fight it and trying to change your, change your course, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think too. You know, when we talk about peace, you know, um, eagerly pursuing unity, you know, the in this idea of the bond of peace. Um, I think you're right. That, you know, there there is a that there is a glue that that there, that exists that binds people together in the church. Um, just a couple chapters earlier in Ephesians two fourteen, it says something: for he, Jesus Himself, is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinations that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were afar off and peace to those who were near for through him we both have access to one spirit uh, to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself um, being the, sto- the, the, the chief cornerstone. And he's talking there about the hostility that existed between Jews and Gentiles, right? I mean, if you want to talk about the most racist group that ever existed one group towards another it would be the gentile towards the jew um look throughout history all the way back from egypt and the slavery that god said i saw it i heard the voice of the taskmasters of my people the jews at the hands of of the brutal gentiles and you look at the attempts to annihilate the jew over the years under Haman and, and guys like Hitler and, and the oppression mm-hmm. that that nation after nation from Babylon to 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 the Medo Persians to the Grecian to the Romans I mean they, they, these guys have have had hostility right and 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 so what you find here is is God is saying that look it in Christ it's just a different way of handling things He's our peace and it says He's broken down the hostility and so in the church when we have hostility. It really goes. It's it really goes against scripture because the idea is that if we're both brothers or we're sisters or whatever in Christ, the hostility's gone in Jesus. Yet 
we bring it into the church. And I think oftentimes, and let's talk about this, oftentimes we do so because we're not willing to lay aside our own agenda for the agenda of Christ. I think it's like you said, what's more important than unity is me. And and so talk about Mm -hmm. the idea that if you're going to be a Christian, the first and foremost principle is you're not your own. Right. Talk about that. Talk about how if you and I are going to have unity and let's let's bring two people, you know, you and I probably have similar backgrounds. We probably would have been friends outside of Christ. But there's people that you are friends with that I'm friends with in the Lord that outside of Jesus, we would have never even talked to them. You're just (laughs) like, man, I don't know how. But there's a peace there. So talk about if peace is going to exist. Do not people have to lay aside themselves? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, if. If if all I had to go off of is um, their opinion about whatever matter, whatever the matter is in the world, there you know, are, are they a conservative? Are they a liberal? Are they uh, a Republican? Are they a Democrat? Are they uh, you know, are they pro life? Are they pro choice? You know, there's there's a thousand perspectives. Most of those perspectives, of course, in in church, you find a little bit more unity in except for when culture is dictating that like our current setting right now with uh let, let's i'm going to say the hot button word covid-19 and talking about that is such a polarizing discussion that that it's it's difficult for me to go like you know why in the world is is so and so in our church body um you know going on and on and on about this perspective i guess you know to maybe to maybe answer the question is i i i i follow a friend of mine that's very passionate about their faith and very passionate about their perspective of religious perspective and their practice so much so that at some points in in the in the past have been so inflammatory that they they end up uh offending groups of people masses and and starting an argument online well they've shifted the attention to a new hill covid-19 whether that's an existing problem or not it is now becoming this just it's a discussion point and a hot button point and they're saying things that are just antagonizing the public well do i as a christian come in and i say you know all right well should I correct this person? Should I go in and say like, you know, I, I mean, my perspective is the most important thing. I think at the end of the day, I need to make sure that what I am doing is speaking what God's word teaches me to do. And that is yeah. being one heart and one mind. You know, I yeah. go back to Acts 4 and it says that it's it's the behaving. The people were in that mindset together. Yeah. And honestly, putting something out there to inflame the public is not is not fair. Yeah, and and you know, there's something to note. You know, script, script, scripture says a house divided against itself won't stand, right? And so that that's an important kind of backdrop and undergirding of what we're talking about. But here in Ephesians four, there are some things he mentions that are kind of essential to unity and and maintaining um, the, this bond of peace, right? The, he says, um, walk in a manner in which worthy in which you're called. Um, with all humility and gentleness, right? And patience, humility and gentleness are essential to unity, right? Because we're all going to have different perspectives on life. We're going to have different perspectives on things like, you know, like you said, COVID-19 and a whole host of other things, maybe politics or whatever. 
there has to be a humility when we're going to be in any kind of a peaceful situation, right? Nation against nation. The one who's proud and arrogant and says, forget you, you know, is going to go to war. The one who's humble and wants peace, that there has to be that there. There has to be patience, right? I mean, where we lack patience, you know, he says here, how can you have peace if you are impatient with everything and everybody, right? There there ain't going to be any peace, right? One of the other things he says, talk about this, bear with one another in love. That, that's, that, that's essential to peace. Why is bearing with one another in love an essential element of peace? I don't think there's anything else that translates better universally than bearing with one another in love. You know, it's almost in the sense of saying, like, I can only get along with you because I love you. That's it. Other than, and you might be a person that I'm never going to hang out with outside of church circles, but but because of our, because of this, you know, I want to be subject to what God has put inside of me. He tolerated a lot in my life, and so mm. I should be that that you know. And I don't want to use the word tolerance in in its politicizing way, right. but but saying that he has he has endured a lot of my choices, and as yeah. such, you know the only nature, the only truth, the only identity that I should have is loving my fellow Christians. Amen. Amen. Hey, we'll continue the conversation right after this. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to the program. We are excited that you have joined us today. We are talking about unity, and we're talking about the essential elements of unity. We live in a very uh, very toxic world, a very tumultuous time, where what we see is the complete opposite, the antithesis of unity, and that is division. And we see it, um, if you turn on the news, you see it. If you, know, you, you can walk into the church and you can see it, we are a people that is so polarized in the way we view things that um, it, it is now coming out and it's coming out um, in, in, the, in the ugliest parts of humanity. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, we're talking about this idea of, of walking in a manner worthy of which we're called, and, and the whole purpose is to eagerly uh, maintain the unity of the Spirit. And so, um, you know, the word eager there, you know, it talks about being eager. It, it's the word endeavor. In other words, it's not, it's not just this thought. It's an endeavor. It's an action. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a purposed walk to say, I'm going to purposefully walk to, to maintain unity. Because Adam, here's the reality. Um, we don't default to unity. We default to selfishness because mm-hmm. at the core of unity is the idea that I am humbling myself and I am patient with others. And as you said before the break, I'm bearing with another person. Is they're bearing with me? These are all parts of unity which are not natural to us. What's natural to us is us. We want to do us. And so we have to be eager. We have to go out of our way to maintain something that's not natural. Um, and so when he says be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, key word there, to maintain the unity of the Spirit. In the Holy Spirit, there is unity, but we have to maintain it. In other words, we have to work to keep it in place 
because mm-hmm. it is in the process of constantly uh, being destroyed. And there's a mentality here that he talks, and I want to talk about this because you and I deal with this a lot. The mentality is when he says there is one body and one spirit. That really has to be the central focus of why there's unity. There's one body and one spirit. You know, let's let's take this into the church world for a second. There's a lot of different denominations, right? And there's a lot of infighting within denominations. And I understand mm-hmm. denominations exist, and I'm not actually against that because I think there's different philosophies of ministries. There's different takes on secondary matters of Scripture. And so, you know, I, I don't have a problem with that. But there's one body, Adam. There, there's one spirit. Yet we often walk in this world in a competitive way with other churches. We, we, we look down on other churches that might be bigger. They might be smaller. We have this really arrogant attitude. You know, talk about why it's important to the Lord that we maintain this idea. There's only one body and one spirit. Well, anything else is divisive. Anything else where we just are measuring the size of one church to another or comparing <coughs> It, it's the same thing the disciples were struggling with, you know, when, which one, which one does Jesus love more? You know, mm. I like, like I'm, I've, I've done this many prayer walks this week and I've done, I, we've gotten, we've gotten this many salvations and we've gotten, you know, I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but it, it goes back to that very first part of when, when Jesus comes down from praying and he's sitting there talking to the disciples going like, what are you guys arguing about? This is ridiculous. You know, like, are, are you kidding me? And I think the, the biggest aspect of that is, is we're all trying to stroke, stroke our own egos in, in the process of this saying, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to puff my chest and think I'm big and grand and great. Um, you said it earlier, though, is the act of humility is, I, I think that that is a uh, part of, part of the, the, the initial process before you enter into a discussion, before you enter into any sort of dialogue with a fellow Christian or, or a non-Christian, just the action inside, mentally, part of your character is to embrace that conversation in humility, saying mm-hmm. that, you know what, I could be wrong, you know, but, but I'm going to listen, I'm going to hear, I'm going to have dialogue, and I'm going to respect your perspective, not thinking that I'm holier and greater and, and bigger and, and better in any capacity. You know, yeah. what, what, what the Bible teaches us is make ourselves lower. Yeah, yeah. First Corinthians chapter 3, this was in their day. <laughs> this was like, you know, it was prevalent then. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, Paul says, For when one says, I follow Paul, and another I follow Apollos, aren't you not being mere humans or carnal? Um, what, what then is Paul? What is, what, what is Apollos, servants through whom you believed in the Lord um, that was assigned to each? He said, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but it's God who gives the growth. Mm-hmm. And, and, and his whole point is, look, even in his day, you guys were, were having factions. You, you guys were already starting to divide, saying, well, I follow this teacher, and I follow that teacher, and, and you see it today. Well, I'm of this church, and I'm of that church, and, and God weighs in on it then, and he says, hey, this ain't from the Lord. You know, it's, it's, we, we all got our part, but God's the, glory. God's the one who gets the glory. He's Amen. the one that gets the increase, right? And, 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 I, and I think when we look out today and we see that there's just this, this massive divide within the church, you guys, there's always going to be opinions. Everyone's got an opinion, right? Everyone's got a view of something. But, but 
in the end, if Christ has broken down, if he's put an end to the hostility between uh, between groups, then in Christ there's no place for it. There really isn't. I can rejoice with a church, or I can rejoice over somebody who is being used mightily by God. God forbid yes. that my heart should ever get to a place where I become like Saul, where I start to look at the person who has the song that's sung about them as he did David. David has slain his ten thousands and Saul his thousands, you know, and I'm looking at the person who's being blessed by God overly or the church and I'm becoming angry and I want to pin them to the wall and destroy everything that they're <laughs> doing in my private conversations because I don't like the fact that they're being blessed more or whatever. I mean, this is this is this is carnality. So you know, for us, I know I can speak, you know, for, for Redemption Hill, we talk about this often, you know, we do want to see God bless other churches and we do want yeah. to work with them as much as we can because this is God's heart. But going back to this, to this idea that you have to be eager to do it. In other words, you have to endeavor to do it. We have to take steps, go out of our way. And oftentimes, you know, this as well, Adam, because you do it. It isn't the people reaching out to us. It's us reaching out to them. It's us endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit going on a campaign, if you will, to say, I'm going to call this pastor. Maybe I'll call him once a quarter, once every four months. Hey, how you doing? But endeavoring to keep that unity, because I believe, and we're going to be looking at this. Um, we're looking at this right now, Redemption Hill. I believe we're entering a time in the end days where you're really going to see the need for one church in one body. And the denominational lines are going to start to be erased by the chaos that you see coming in. And, and man, the, you know, something, Adam, about us sitting down with another believer and all the denominational lines are erased and we're just fellowshipping with God. Isn't that sweet, man? Oh, man, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love the fact when I went to Russia, you know, I got off the plane and had an instant bond. I had a closer bond with them. I didn't even speak their language. And I do some of my own family <laughs> who don't know Jesus. There's just a bond of peace in Christ um, that that you just can't replicate anywhere else. And so, you know, in the in the in the last couple minutes, you know, let's let's talk about how, you know, how does a person get to a place where they they really feel like, okay, this is my responsibility to endeavor for unity. You know, I got to go out of my way. What are some practical things we talked about? One. What are some practical things a person can do? Um, to go out of their way to say, I'm going to endeavor to keep the unity, the spirit, and the bond of peace. I think we can take the word endeavor and 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 move it to something, you know, normal daily routine. So if I said habit, if I said hmm. uh, intentionality, if I said, you know, I had purpose behind what I was doing, putting thought to others, becoming selfless, you know, those are the things that, that result in endeavor. And so, you know, to, to really rest on, on, on a behavioral shift, maybe, would you say, instead of going, how can I get my, my truth, my, my message out to the public at the loudest point, what can I do to serve my neighbor? What can I do to serve my fellow Christian? How can I pray for them today? And being intentional about that ask about about going to them, pursuing that person, pursuing the relationship, even when they are not, then then we find in that that uh, that that uh, honestly, that's that's what shapes and and molds that perspective in inside of us, brings us humility and love Amen. back to the neighbor. 
Amen. It really is something that's intentional, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a text, um, you know, just endeavoring to keep the unity. Hey, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shouts of Grace, and we will see you next time. God bless you and have an amazing week. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shout!